The Chargers roster is more or less set at this point, and today we're taking a look at the three biggest upgrades the team has made in the 2023 offseason. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast. David, what are we talking about today? On today's show, we are going to get into the biggest upgrades of the offseason for the Chargers. So we're talking Kellen Moore over Joe Lombardi. We're talking about the additions to the wide receiver core. You know, Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis, that room looking a whole lot better. And then Eric Kendricks and Drew Tranquil. Is that an upgrade? We're definitely going to get into it. That one's going to be really tough because obviously the Chargers think that Eric Kendricks is an upgrade, but... Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter versus Quentin Johnston and Darius Davis. I think the Chargers can definitely find at least stylistic upgrades there for sure. But the biggest upgrade to me, David, is Joe Lombardi, or at least, you know, Kellen Moore over Joe Lombardi last year. I mean, everyone who watches this show, the everydayers already know kind of how we felt about him. It felt like moving on to a new offensive coordinator was the bare minimum the Chargers could do. And to me, David, it has a lot to do with a couple of things. First of all, putting up more points, being more efficient offensively, and putting teams away offensively, which is something Mike McCarthy didn't like him doing very much. But I think there are certain parts of where if you look at where Dallas's offense was last year, and you look, and that was even with you know Cooper Rush for four or five games, and you look at where the Chargers struggled last year, like there's some obvious places where the Chargers should improve because Kellen Moore's in the building. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, before we jump into it, you got to look at kind of the prerequisites of what Brandon Staley was looking for when he was looking for his new offensive coordinator, some of the things that really needed to improve. He basically just said, hey, you know, there's we got to get to a higher level uh, at the line of scrimmage running the football, and then we have to marry that run and pass a little bit more successfully. And then they got to create more explosions on early downs. Those are some things that we just didn't see enough for the Chargers last year. So that's why it was very, very important for the Chargers to find the right guy to be able to unlock those things and get this offense where we know that it can possibly get to. Yeah, and Daniel Popper had a great article about that where he laid that out and how now with Kellen Moore, the Chargers maybe can hit some of those ideals that Brandon Staley set in place when he first took over the job, right? I mean, there's a lot of big things you want to say, and it's always built the offense around Justin Herbert, yeah. be more explosive. And there's, I think, a lot of reasons for the Chargers to think they'll get better in those areas in 2023. To me, one of the things I was looking at specifically when talking about a new offensive coordinator, because of what happened to the Chargers last season, how do you make adjustments? How well do you play in the second half? Do you put teams away? And I think in that regard, this guy has a lot of kind of feathers in his cap, especially compared to Joe Lombardi. And this is not even with a full season of Dak Prescott, right? 
third quarter points. The Chargers went half a season without scoring in the third quarter or a touchdown in the third quarter for even longer. I know that every day is remember about about eight games last season where we were just wondering if they were going to score a touchdown in the third quarter. Yeah, it was a a key to success many, many weeks offensively. Will the Chargers finally score in the third quarter? And just in the second half in general, right? Third quarter points, Dallas was fifth last year. You'll take that. Chargers were 29th. Somehow, Mm. there were three teams worse than the Chargers in the third quarter, which might be the surprise stat of today's show. (laughs) Fourth quarter points, Dallas 7.7, which was fifth. Chargers 25th at 5.1. But second half points put together, Dallas Cowboys first last season, 13.8, putting teams away. The Chargers in the second half last year, eight points per game, which ranked 28th in the NFL. I want to see a guy who's going to put teams away. When you only score three points in a game, you're up 20 at halftime in the playoffs, and you only score three in that second half to lose that game. That was one of my main focuses and one of my main things on my wish list. Kellen Moore is going to bring that. Yeah, I mean, Kellen Moore basically said, as you mentioned, he basically said, hey, Mike McCarthy did not want me to put teams away. He did not want me to run the score up on guys. He wanted us to slow down the game, kind of take the air out of it, kind of drain the clock the clock, and, and do some of those things when he wanted to put his foot on their throats, put that pedal to the metal, and really run up the score and put this thing out of reach. Yeah. That's what I want. I mean, I, after just being so uncomfortable with leads throughout the last couple of years where you just had that feeling that – that scary thought in the back of your mind where you know that no lead was safe because the Chargers were going to cough it up. They were going to get you in that situation where you well, feel like, Well, it's not like, just oh, philosophy no, either, David, right? No. It's adjustments. Like that, that's yes. the other thing that this shows. Like philosophy and wanting to go go for the kill, you know, yeah. for lack of a better term. Like, right. That's something you need, but you also have to be able to make adjustments to how other teams are going to play you. Like Joe Lombardi yeah. kept getting figured out. In the yeah. second half, and it kept leading to the Chargers losing a lot more games than they should have. That feels like it's better, but I think there's just more efficient places they can go to, David. In the yeah. red zone, being yes. one of those places, because the Cowboys have been one of the best red zone teams in the NFL, and the Chargers seem to have a lot of weapons that would be very useful down there. Quite literally the best. Last year, they were the number one team in the NFL in red zone touchdown scoring percentage of over 71% of the time they were scoring touchdowns in the red zone. That <laughs> is phenomenal. And it's made even better when you look at the Chargers number, which is 18th, and it was a TD only 54.5% of the time, which is Great, a stark, crazy difference. stark yeah. difference, just a major, major difference. And another thing that we know we need to see more of, Daniel, is a major improvement in the running game. And them, the Chargers being able to put teams away, being able to run the football, to be able to impose their will. Last year, the Dallas Cowboys ranked uh, over the course of his last four seasons as offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, his running game, according to True Media, which is from uh, Daniel Popper's article, they ranked seventh in the NFL, seventh overall. And the Chargers, they ranked 16th in EPA per play for designed rush last season. So it's just a stark, stark difference there. You need to be able to run the football better. And the Chargers made a move with Kellen Moore in mind, with that in mind, trying to improve that next season. And one of the more interesting things from that article to me, David, was the Cowboys last year faced seven or more in the box on only 155 snaps, which was fifth least in the NFL, right? In the Chargers continue to have boxes stacked against them. And I think being able to go up against more light box in the running game is going to help 
Oh, yes. He's running more in general. The Cowboys ran the seventh most times last season total, just raw numbers, ninth in percentage. The Chargers, 28th total attempts, 31st in rush percentage. Like, you need to take some off Justin Herbert's play day. That's just not good enough balance. No, it's not. You have you have to be able to run the ball even when they know you are going to run the ball at them. You have to be able to impose your will and you have to be able to find success doing that. And I think, you know, we, we saw earlier on in the offseason where Brett Coleman made a great video on the Chargers.com about Kellen Moore and his philosophies on running the football and being able to run at teams even when they know that when even when they're expecting it and still finding success that's what the Chargers need to be able to to be able to do they have to have the identity they got to have that night that nastiness and that ability to just step on the other team and run them completely over yeah absolutely and I think the other big thing you're hoping for is just an improved level of aggressiveness I mean that's one thing that you could definitely always tell with the Chargers, they just didn't feel very explosive under Joe Lombardi. It felt like yeah. there was just too many times where the Chargers offense got too stagnant and they weren't even, you know, willing to test the intermediate, you know, 15 to 20 yard part of the field, let alone yeah. beyond that. And that just seemed yeah. like it was one of the major problems. One of the things that Daniel Popper said led to all of those light boxes and Ted Nguyen, who was also part of that great article as well, and they have some film on there too, was just, because of the vertical threats that Kellen Moore is going to provide and the way he kind of sets things up offensively, you're going to get more light boxes because people have to respect the yeah. deep routes in the intermediate, the 15 to 20 yard routes. And I mean, Dak Prescott's average at the target. It's not the end all be all right. It was 8.7 last year. Justin Herbert's was seven as far as how deep they are targeting players down the field. So inherently, I think the Chargers will be more aggressive. Yeah. Kellen Moore has some things to work on. There are some, you know, doubts about his offense. He's another guy who runs a lot of curls, just like Joe Lombardi used to run stick, right? But I think if you're talking about upgrades, I think it's just two different levels of kind of offensive minds here and two different levels of scheme. I'm very, very excited to see the Kellen Moore offense with Justin Herbert in it. But one of the things that's going to help him is a couple of new weapons the Chargers added offensively in the draft, and with not a big pool of free agents to choose from, obviously with a limited cap situation, the Chargers added their weapons in the draft. Quentin Johnson over Josh Palmer, Darius Davis over DeAndre Carter. How big of upgrades can those be for the Chargers in 2023? We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I do need to tell you guys that you need to make a fast break to FanDuel now during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. It's always great to win. It's even better when you win after you lose. I mean, that's that's the best way to win in my mind. It's pretty safe there. No-sweat first bet. And the NBA Finals are going to kick off. We have a Game 7 coming up between the Heat and the Celtics. If you want to get in on that action, FanDuel is the best place to go because they have great promotions every day, a safe and secure app, and you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all of your playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, David, we're talking the biggest upgrades of the Chargers offseason, and there wasn't a ton to talk about because there was a very limited pool of just additions to this team. The Chargers are keeping most of their nucleus together for this one, and we appreciate you guys, you know, even on a a Memorial Day, right, and make sure that you definitely know what that is, David, and I know you're someone that that means something more special to you as a serviceman, so what, I mean, it's... I think this day needs to be held in proper regard. We missed a show last week. 
So we wanted to talk about, you know, come on today and give you guys a full week of shows. But doesn't mean we shouldn't have the full reverence of kind of what this day stands for. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to Veterans Day, which is for people who have actively served. Memorial Day is for those brothers and sisters that we lost in combat that gave the ultimate sacrifice for their country. And, you know, that's what this day is for. So don't don't forget that. Don't forget why you have this extra day off this long weekend and just take a moment. And remember those people that fought and died for our freedom. Yeah, and I think most of us connect. I mean, I've had family members who have lost their life protecting this country and given us the opportunity to do what we're doing now and talk about football, right, in May. So it, it's very nice. Obviously, love the three-day weekend. But remembering what it's all about is very important as well. And the good news is, is we're back to five shows this week because we didn't miss one last week because David's freaking internet, of course. No, I'm just kidding. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow, making up for that fan mail Friday show we missed at Chargers Mailbag. So make sure you guys hit us up in the YouTube comments or give us your upgrades in the YouTube comments if you want. But let's get to Quentin Johnston over Joshua Palmer because there's not a ton of options as far as guys who are going to be taking over starting roles, right, or inheriting them. That's why the Eric Kendricks, Drew Tranquil, you know, talk is very interesting too. But David, I think there's a lot of reasons to believe even projecting because it's a rookie that Quentin Johnson can be an upgrade over Josh Palmer. Yeah. I mean, I think you just look at what the skill sets are just first and foremost of these two players. And, and I think Josh Palmer is a solid wide receiver in this league. And I feel like he was thrust into that kind of number one wide receiver spot a lot last year. And sometimes he performed and sometimes he didn't. And, and, you know, I I think the numbers reflect that he had a lot of opportunities over 107 targets and, you know, he had a, a decent year, 769 yards and three touchdowns. But I think there were just some instances, like I said, where you were wanting him and truly needing him to step up and be that guy and kind of take over a game. And I don't think we ever really saw that with Josh Palmer. He's a guy that's very technical. He runs good routes. I think he has pretty strong hands. I think he's a pretty physical receiver. He doesn't get the most separation in the world. And then you introduce Quentin Johnston to the table here, Daniel, and what he brings to the table. And he's got the height. He's got the catch radius. He's got some uh, some pretty good speed. But one thing that is very clear that separates these two players is their ability to create with the ball in their hands. That's what Quentin Johnston brings to the table right away. And I think that is why you have to be very excited about the prospects of what he can do with this Chargers offense. And this isn't a knock on Josh Palmer, right? And Not that's at all. An important part of this. Like, Josh Palmer is going to be incredible depth for this team. Look at how banged up this receiving core was last year. But, like, if oh, Josh yeah. Palmer can be your number three now with either Mike and QJ at top or, you know, Quentin Johnson and Keenan Allen up top with Josh yeah. Palmer as your three, you're just in a much better situation. And this room is the most upgraded room on the Chargers roster. If we're talking about upgrades, Bar none. this is where the Chargers upgraded the most. Kept most, you know, their major contributors it. from last year. Absolutely needed it. It was necessary. But what did they need most, David? What did Brandon Staley say he wanted? He wanted explosiveness. And if you're mm-hmm. talking about an upgrade, this dude has explosiveness that is an upgrade over every Chargers receiver, at, you know, by far, right? Head Period. and shoulders above. Like, yeah. Josh Palmer last year ranked seven, 78th in yards after the catch per catch last year at three and a half yards of any receiver who had 25 targets at least last season. Keenan yeah. Allen ranked 61st, which was better. I mean, if you're, <laughs> that's. Even Keenan Allen's still out here doing it. Mike Williams <laughs> was 26th, right, at 5.1, which is actually pretty That's good. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. 
Quentin Johnson was the best dude in the country on this. Like, right? It's By him far. In safe hours. And those are the two dudes as far as guys who can create with the ball in their hands. It wasn't and, 8.9 yards per yeah. reception. Like, yeah. my goodness. I he think it was over 20 missed force tackles as well. So, then that's yeah. pretty, pretty nuts, I would say. It, it's insane. I mean, that that's what you have to look forward to. I mean, as yeah. a Charger fan, like, you got to be super excited because – you know what the recipe is against Justin Herbert. They're going to try to put those two deep safeties and try to take away those plays, and they're going to continue to try to do that until they get burned underneath, and that is why the importance of this pick for Quentin Johnson was so high because yeah. that's what he does. One, I think just it's a stylistic improvement more than anything exactly. else, right? Like he just brings something different. Josh Palmer, more of a replacement for a Keenan Allen or a Mike 100%. Williams to me. Very yeah. sure-handed, right? You never worry yeah. about that. 4.5% right. drop percentage in his career. Yeah. Had 72 catches when the Chargers needed him last year for almost yeah. 800 yards. So, like, yeah, performed Huge. very admirably. But it just if he gets bumped down, how much deeper does your room get, right? Yeah. So, I think if you're talking about explosiveness, you talked about, you know, over 24 missed tackles last year from Quentin Johnson. Josh Palmer forced five missed tackles last year on 72 catches. Total, the Chargers wide receivers <laughs> between Keenan Allen, who had one, Mike Williams, who had four, and Josh Palmer, who had five. That's 10 between the three of them all year last year. So it's just, it's not enough. They don't have enough guys who can threaten you in that way. And unlike Josh Palmer, once Quentin Johnston gets to full speed, he can pull away from a defense. That's something oh, yeah. that no other Chargers wide receiver outside, you know, Jalen Guyton and the guy we're going to talk about, Darius Davis, have. But like when this dude hits full stride, I mean, he is. Very, very yeah, fast. The he GPS can take it numbers the distance. don't lie, right? That's, yeah, the GPS, yeah, the GPS numbers say that exactly. Just a different, different kind of player. But I do yeah. think another in a way big improvement the Chargers could get this year, David, is Darius Davis over DeAndre Carter in more than one way, right? Maybe as yeah. a receiver, I don't think we'll see it as much, but as a gadget player specifically and a return man, I think Darius Davis absolutely can be an upgrade. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at Darius Davis, at least in college, as far as his punt return and his kick return numbers, his punt return numbers are staggering. I mean, it's 15 yards per punt return on average, which which is just truly spectacular. That's and major, major yards. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And by by the way, the, the five return touchdowns that he brings to the table, too, uh -huh, yeah. which nice. is, is nasty. I mean, that, that's the thing is when you can get those hidden yards, on special teams when, when you can give yourself that you know you can flip the field and give yourself that five to ten yard cushion that could be the difference between a drive ending in a touchdown and then a drive stalling out i mean it's just it's so huge and then you know anytime there's a huge special teams play that's something that can change the completely change the momentum of a football game like it really gets you hyped it changes the energy in the building everyone loves it it gets the players going those are huge huge moments but also on offense i think for darius davis those gadget plays are going to look like they're supposed to look yeah. when you are giving the football to a guy and no disrespect to deandre carter but you're giving the football to a guy who has legit speed four three speed a guy that can and will run away from you i think those are the type of plays that you're expecting when you do those gadget kind of plays you want to get those big rip explosive uh, you know football touches that's what darius davis hopefully is going to be put in the position to do for you fastest wide receiver in the draft right Period. even though i don't expect him to ever get the you know wide receiver target share that deandre right. carter got last year because of all the injuries in that gadget role, I think he's absolutely an upgrade just because he's a threat to take it to the house, which is what yes. you want, right? You want a safe play 
something where you can hand it off or throw it out quickly, almost no chance of a turnover. Right. But that safe play can turn into a house call, right? Quentin Johnson and Darius Davis both bring that kind of in certain ways. But I think as a gadget player, not as a full-blown receiver, Darius Davis is an upgrade there. And I think the other thing is, too, is DeAndre Carter was not a good kick returner. Darius Davis checkered in college, right? In 2021, averaged almost 30 yards per return and took one back to the house, right? He does have that in his career. DeAndre Carter didn't come into the league with those, anywhere near those kind of return numbers. He played for Sacramento State in his last year, had 17 offensive touchdowns. So just very yeah. different kind of player in college. Right. He was like the guy there. But this is what this guy did. This is what Darius Davis' specialty was when he was in college, mm-hmm. was to be a return man. And DeAndre Carter ranked 40th in kick return average amongst anyone with more than 10 attempts in yeah, 2022. Really so there's only 32 teams, David. <laughs> we can all do the math right there, right? So... Less important now, and I think that is. I think the rule change is actually going to help the Chargers because I do think Darius Davis is actually a better punt returner than a kick returner. Yeah. So now that you can fair catch and get a ball at the twenty-five, makes you know the question marks. I think around his kickoff return ability, there he still can take one and, and have a chance to take it back to the house if he wants. Exactly. To, right? And has the speed yeah. to do it. But I do think that covers up a the weaker of the two special teams parts of his games because he's no absolutely electric as a punt return man, and I think can be. An upgrade, even though DeAndre Carter, whether people want to believe it or not, was actually a pretty good punt returner in 2022. And those secret yards, those hidden yards the Chargers got on special teams last year, their play on special teams last year was unequivocally the only reason they made it to the playoffs. If the Chargers had a normal, terrible, you know, special teams year, they don't make the playoffs last year. They just don't, simply, simply put. Yeah. But David, we're talking about additions, right? Upgrades. Things like that. The Chargers are going to get some upgrades just from some players coming back. You think that Rashawn Slater might be an upgrade over Jamari Sawyer, even with how great he was? The answer is yes. You know who else is an upgrade over someone like Chris Rump or Kyle Van Noy? Joey Bosa, who last year had the best pass rush win rate in the NFL. That's not a typo, right? So we're going to get into that. And also, is Eric Hendricks actually an upgrade over Drew Tranquil? Because the Chargers think he is coming up after this. All right, we're talking about the biggest Chargers upgrades during this offseason. The Chargers fell short. They didn't get to where they needed to go last year. They lost in embarrassing fashion. Things had to change, and they made some upgrades that should probably make a big difference. But the one that they're really, really banking on and really had the choice between two different dudes is Eric Kendricks over Drew Tranquil. We had our thoughts on it in the moment. You know, both of us were surprised by it. Both of us wanted the Chargers to retain Drew Tranquil because I thought he was a bright spot on a bad defense in 2022. The Chargers didn't feel that way, David, but it's very hard because of the season we saw from Eric Hendricks where he was in a totally new defense under Ed Donatel, yeah. not with the guy he was with, Mike Zimmer, basically his whole career. Right. And he struggled to an extent, right? Luke Braun trusts this dude. I trust this dude. He's still a good player. But yeah. it's something that's very hard to say at this point, David, if he's going to be a big upgrade over Drew Tranquil, who had his best season. Yeah, he did. He he really did have his best season. It, it's definitely one of those things where he, he put it all together. But you have to look at kind of what he's done in the league so far. And, and I think it's easy to rom- romanticize about a player that you watched and that you covered and that you paid a lot of attention to. But sure. when you kind of look at the numbers outside of last year, I mean, they're kind of pedestrian, I, I would say. I mean, 75 tackles his first year in 15 games. And then the only- You're talking about Drew Tranquil? Yeah, Drew Tranquil yeah. here, yes. Yeah, Drew Tranquil here. Yeah, the first season, decent. You know, like I said, 15 games, 75 tackles. Second year, one tackle. Then he gets hurt and misses the entire season. Comes back, has another decent season, 76 tackles, a sack and a half. 
Uh, and then this past season, he explodes over 140 tackles, five sacks, an interception, and a forced fumble. And he plays all 17 games, and he has one career interception. Yeah. Then you kind of look at Eric Kendrick's stats, and you look at what he has done over longevity over yeah. a long period of time and it is very impressive i mean he's played 11 plus games in all eight of his seasons 14 or more games in seven of those eight seasons he has nine interceptions he has two pick sixes he has 15 sacks including five sacks in 2021 so he has recent production with that as well and by the way over 109 tackles in seven of his eight seasons yeah. So he's just a model of consistency. Like this is a player that very is sure tackler too. For very the most sure part. tackler. Yeah. Very low missed tackle percentage. Very smart player. Uh, understands the defense. Flourished in the defense that Brandon Staley is going to be running. The leadership aspects that he brings to the table. The production over time. It's very real. And I think that's why I think it's kind of changed my mind on this conversation on whether. Eric Kendricks is an upgrade over Drew, Drew Tranquil, and I think after looking at all the facts, I'm going to say he is. I think the hard thing about it, David, is how, how you know we're going to have to kind of dissect this or kind of how we parse the information that we end up getting after we see it is just how much better he's going to make the players around him, which is such a yes. hard thing to quantify, right? And yeah, that's what is. I think is the most – every player you've heard asked about Eric Kendricks, and what they say is this, to have a player like that in the middle of this defense, and it's always said like that, yeah, this is the dude in the center of everything. This is the dude that's going to be your green dot, getting everyone yeah. lined up, setting up run fits, which we learned from Brayton Fehoko and how yeah. important those are. Every dayers know those are the things that are going to be hard, right? You can't find that in a box score, and, right. and that's what's going to be tough. And that's where I think the Chargers think they're going to get the best, you know, as far as upgrade. Like he'll yeah. be able to line everyone up, like because if you're talking about upgrade, like Drew Tranquil is a better blitzer. Drew Tranquil at sure. this point more athletic. Eric Kendricks, though, I think football IQ way higher. I think the yeah. way he kind of can get in on routes as far as finding the passing lanes and, and getting into those and making plays on the football. Ask Justin Herbert, who got picked off by him a couple <laughs> yeah. years ago. Yeah, I think all of those things, like how he feels against the run, like his discipline, how he plays everything and putting himself in the right spot. Like I notice a genuine difference as opposed to watching the Chargers where it feels like everyone's running in the wrong gaps all the time so misaligned I think be hard. they just yeah. were misaligned way too, too often and the guys Highest in the middle player percentage in the league the chargers defense so right there i mean yeah. it, it's right there in the numbers the guy in the middle is the guy that connects the back end to the front end i yeah. mean that's why he is so very important he's making sure everyone's lined up making sure everyone knows what they're doing where they're going how they're attacking that's what a commander in the middle does and that's exactly what Eric Hendricks is. He is a guy that's very cerebral, very intelligent. You see it when you watch him play football, and I think that's what gets you excited about what he's going to do for this defense, which they need it. Like, they yeah. really need somebody who is going to be able to make a difference against the run, and I feel like he's one of the guys that's going to help with that a lot. Yeah, and the insider scoop from Lockdown Vikings was this. I mean, just, you know, it, the coaching matters. Who his coach is matters. He yeah. had one year under Ed Donatel last year. And he was yeah. asking him to do things that did not play to his strengths. At least that's, exactly. you know, Luke Braun was saying, like, hey, he was asked to do all these things. If you ask him to do all these things, he still absolutely has it. And the Vikings were sad that they lost him. They didn't lose him because of his play. They lost him because they set themselves up in a terrible cap situation, right? Yeah, they did. <laughs> that's what happened there, which is, you know, yeah. why they're losing Adam Thielens and Dalvin Cooks and, and all the rest of the players that they've lost so far. So yeah, I don't think that's there. on him or an indictment on him in any ways. I think he still has game, but... 
we have to wait and see as far as what. Yeah, let's see what version we're getting this year, right? Until we have the ultimate judgment. There's a couple things, David, a couple of guys I think that we have no doubt about, though, being upgrades. And I'm looking at Rashawn Slater over Jamari Sawyer for even as good as he is. And we'll always acknowledge that because Jamari Sawyer was a hero last year. And then Joey Bosa over the the combination of Kyle Van Noy and Chris Rump. These are two spots, David, where it's hard to imagine moderate health upgrades, moderate health luck. You know, you get a little bit better in that regard that these aren't going to be two gigantic upgrades the Chargers have going into 2023. Yeah, I mean it, it's just massive on both sides of your of your lines, right? The, of the spine of your football team, you're bringing back an all pro. I mean, that's yeah. just it, it's quite simple. There's was one guy in, in football the the year that he played last season, not the, this season, the season the last before last. Season, sure. That was better than Rashawn Slater was at left tackle. I mean, it's just that point blank period. He's a menace. He's a, yeah. a phenomenal technician, a great smart football player, a road grader in, in you know in run when he's you know blocking for run running blocking, and yeah. yeah run blocking and you already know what he does as a pass protector he he really just brings that sense of calm and peace for Justin Herbert and knowing that he's got one side completely locked down and then Joey Bosa is I mean we've said it a million times if he's healthy he is a con- true and complete difference maker and from everything that we are hearing from him and it seems genuine this year he actually is healthy and was able to train and be able to run the way he needs to to be able to be in the type of shape to be the type of player we know he can be so it's all about him being on the field if joey gives us 14 to 15 games this season i think you're going to look back and see some some staggering stats especially if he's able to be on the field with khalil mack at the same time because we saw a small glimpse of that in the beginning and man, did that look good. So hopefully yeah, great. Yeah. they can multiply that over the course of a whole season, which of course is what the Chargers are hoping for when they brought him back. It's the golden question, obviously. But yeah. I, so just to put some numbers to that, I mean, Rashawn Slater in 2021, 752 pass blocking snaps, only 26 pressures allowed. Jamari Sawyer last year, 669, right? So about 80 less in yeah. this one. 46 pressures on 80 less pass blocking snaps. Jamari right. Sawyer was great. Rashawn yeah. Slater is just on a different level. Like, yeah, all pro is insanely hard to get to. Two <laughs> dudes get it at your position, yeah. right? Like two. And Eric <laughs> Hendricks, former all pro. And that's why it's like, can you bet against this dude? Because, I mean, Drew Tranquil was a lot of things. He was never an all pro or no. sniffed it, right? Or no. considered a top 10 linebacker in the league. This dude was nope. up there considered with the best of them. Joey Bosa over Kyle Van Noy and Chris Rump. <laughs> PFF had Joey Bosa's win percentage in 2022 as far as how often he is beating the offensive lineman in front of him in a pass rushing situation. 28.4% of the time. Second place in the NFL was at 28%. Even in those five games, even being banged up for some of those, not playing in all of them, that was his pressure or his win percentage. His pressure percentage was at 16.3%. Kyle Van Noy, Last season, 32 pressures on 330 snaps, 9.7% of the time he was getting home, affecting the quarterback and getting pressure. Chris Rumpf actually had, David, a better pass rush pressure percentage than Kyle Van Noy did. He was over 10%. 16% is in a different world. That's a different level. When this dude was getting after the quarterback, he was affecting the play, and also he's just a much better run defender than both of those guys. Chris Rumpf, yeah. we hope he improves, right? He yes. came on the show. He was good to us. We root for him for sure. Yeah, he was one of the worst run defenders in the NFL last year, statistically, yeah. right? Yep. As far as run stop percentage, average depth of tackle, missed tackles. Chris Rump missed fifty percent of his tackles in twenty twenty two. 
that's a that's a hard i mean swallow there and it makes sense you know it's like cave noy missed eight percent of his tackles last year and ended up with five sacks right chris rumpf probably could have had five sacks last year he had a lot of missed opportunities it was the same thing we saw in college for him it was like important yes he got close he just couldn't finish the job so yeah definitely need to see that from him and so it's just a massive upgrade joey bosa is a difference mate he is a dominant force if he is on the field you will be a better defense period you'll feel him i mean he he just i mean and Career missed tackle percentage, Joey Bosa around 13.5%. And, you know, when you're bending around off six foot eight offensive tackles, sure. like that's a very tough place to make tackles a lot of right. times. Cave Noy right around 13%, right? That's not terrible either. One of those guys. Chris Rump's at 30%. Limited opportunities his first two seasons, but missed over half his tackles last year. It just Sheesh. has to be better. And that's, you know, will Tuli Tuipolotu be an upgrade over Chris Rump, right? Or that next yeah. edge rusher, that rotational guy. So many different things, and there's so many other upgrades. You know, will Scott Matlock be an upgrade over Morgan Fox's backup last year, right? Or just any of those rotational guys that never really helped much in the pass rush. Yeah, there's a lot of things where the Chargers could find upgrades. These guys we talked about today, very hard to imagine they're not big upgrades. And if for a 10 and 17 that had the injury like the Chargers did last year, those guys can be upgrades. Who knows where the ceiling is for this team? But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. But as the everydayers know, we will be back with you guys tomorrow. And we want to, since we would have taken Memorial Day off normally, give you guys the fan mail Friday that you missed last week. So if you guys want to get in on that action, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can find me on Twitter and hit me up personally at DanTalkSports. And David Drogemeyer's DMs are always open at DrotalkSD. You can also put your question in the YouTube comments. We will be getting some of the questions that we got in before that we didn't get to get to on those shows. So we have some already, but always room for more. Always room for more great questions, and you can always call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. So thank you guys again for making us your first listen today. To make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also listen wherever you get your podcast from. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow for Little Chargers Mailbag Day and getting your questions on the show. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.